Hey, podcast listeners, what a joy to be back on the podcast with you guys. Uh, thanks for listening. We're so honored that you would tune in and have a conversation with us. Um, hey, if you have questions, shoot us questions over to Daniel at reallifesango.com. DJ Daniel Cox will get those to us. Uh, but today we just want to say thanks for listening. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. All right, so. JV. What's up? So obviously Freddie's back uh, because I'm not completely hearing a pool of laughter from last week's. I know you listened to You guys it. had a funny intro. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> you like. I'm sorry. Poor Timmy. We're going to. I'm starting where really, I ended last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have seen it so I could talk more about the behind the scenes for life. Sorry. If you're, <laughs> new, if you're new to the podcast, we don't usually just start with unfounded laughter <laughs> last week i wasn't here and timmy tried jonathan made timmy yeah yeah you guys are funny you guys are funny I, you know i'm gonna change it i'm gonna change no the intro no sometime. you can't at least for a few weeks now right, oh right. it's too good he lost rock paper scissors last week so he oh is that it. the way you guys did it that's <laughs> the, the, oh. i don't know man i'm so glad to be on the podcast with oh, you. oh i know you had a long week last week we'll get into that here just in a second but we're taping on Tuesday morning. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday morning. We just had, I always say Memorial Day, but it's Labor Day. A, la- a day for the people to rest. Huh. We'll talk about Shabbat later, but uh, anything? I know you had a long, difficult, emotional week uh, with Ken Spiceland's passing. Uh, did you do anything fun in light of all that? This weekend? Yeah, this weekend. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yeah, crazy enough. I mean, it was it was it was a week for sure. My my stepfather in law, uh, Susan's stepdad, Ken Spiceland, unexpectedly, tragically died in a car accident last Monday. Um, and so the week was very very full, uh, ministering to my family and people ministering to us, and um, but Friday night was. Clarksville High Rossview football game, so the week was pretty much filled with a focus on processing the grief, meeting and talking with people. So Friday night was a nice reprieve uh, from you know all of that. Clarksville High versus Rossview at Rossview, and my brother in law who lives in Pittsburgh was in for the funeral, and he went with me. And then my other brother in law Scott Samuels who attends real life, he went with me. NCHS smashed Rossview, so it was a beautiful night. It was really great. <laughs> um, Jack plays for Clark's Five. And uh, and then Saturday night, I went to the Austin P football game. Uh, okay. And Antonio Murgis invited, invited us to go. And I can't think of the last time I went to the Austin P football game, and it was a great environment. Yeah. Austin P played like Presbyterian College, and they smashed them like 63 to nothing. Yeah. Yeah, so the, both of those things were fun. At the fort. What's that? Austin P. at the yeah, fort. The, yeah, they call it the fort. That's the right, fort, fort here. Yeah. Um, and then we, we grilled, I grilled some burgers last night. Oh, good. You know, had mom and dad over. Don and Scott came over. So it was a good time. It's good. good time, yeah. We went to, uh, thanks for asking, we went to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, went to we went to Chattanooga for a couple of days and uh, it rained. Chattanooga's. Like our new favorite place. It's we go to Chattanooga a lot. I love Chattanooga, yeah, but well, I didn't discover it until like a few years ago. Yeah, I think we discovered it again. I I don't know if I've ever been there. Maybe for some school competition back in the day. But did we, you guys stay at the same place or new place? New place every time. We trying different places out, and we started there. Now I was just born, so eight years ago we went, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. And a lot of people have found Chattanooga. Talking to an Uber driver, there's. Lots of folks from out of town finding Chattanooga now because it was busy. Yeah. Very busy and unfortunately rainy. So your kids' ages are? Eight 
and eleven. Eight and eleven. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do with your kids when you go to Chattanooga? But what we were, what we would have done had it not rained, we would have gone to Rock City, which you did recently. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you guys had not been. That's right. And we texted you when we were there, and, and you're right. like. Yeah, we've never been, which I couldn't believe. Why no? Because you guys. Because it rains us out every time, I guess. Yeah. But Ruby Falls and Rock City and the Incline Railway. And, yeah. And just just general, you know, we go to North Shore. Uh, there's a park What is there. North Shore? So it's 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 the North Chattanooga area across the river. Okay. So they call it North Shore. Okay. Uh, it's got a little park there. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And, uh, nice it, place to be it's outside. It's just, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm Clarksville's, what do they call it? The Spot. Tennessee, but Chattanooga's a fun place. We get away. It's two, three hours away. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. But anyway, we got back yesterday, kind of rainy, day and a half, but we had a good time away. Change the scenery, I think they say. When you take kids, change the scenery. Yes. Uh, but we had a it, good time. So it was a good time? Yeah. Yeah? Yep. Glad we're back. I There's a Thai restaurant in Chattanooga that I absolutely love because they serve a dish that tastes just like a dish I had in Thailand. Really? Yeah, it's really, really good. Mm. Do you like Thai food? Mm. Daniel Cox is shaking his head. He does. Yeah, I don't. You don't? No. You don't like Thai food? No. Do you like Asian food? I do. Yeah, just yeah. not Thai. Yeah. It's a do you like Indian food? I don't want to go to the place Tiki myself. Why? Because everybody else has been and loves it so much. Apparently, that's all we talked about on the podcast last week was this Indian restaurant. Have you been? You've not been. <laughs> no, I have not been. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. I'll take you sometime to the Indian <laughs> restaurant. Okay. Hey, speaking of best things ever, yeah. 18 years, you and Susan. This, Hallelujah. This week? Was it this week? It was Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. She's amazing. She's so beautiful. We couldn't find our we couldn't find our our wedding picture photo. I mean a uh, album. Yes, our album. Yeah. We couldn't find it. We still can't find it. <laughs> It's like in the attic in a box somewhere. In New York City, probably in the attic. No, in the box. no, 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 no. No, we, we have to have it in possession. It's just lost. But I found, you know, we found some mini albums and I took some pictures. And yeah. we took the kids, we took the kids over to Golly G's and, and we, you know, to kind of celebrate 18 years. And we told them, you know, all about us getting married and the day we got married. And um, it's so funny. I told, uh, Sorry, man. It's early this morning. I'm just like I feel like I'm just shaking the rust off here. I told I told them that my my dad, their gramps, was their was my best man, and that the best man is responsible for throwing the bachelor party. Well, uh, well, Parker thought I said spatular party, <laughs> and uh, and Susan asked asked him, "Do you guys know what a bachelor party is?" And uh, Parker said, I don't know. Is it where you flip a lot of eggs? You know, <laughs> spatula party, I right? It. I got you. And uh, anyways, so we told him, you know, and and, uh, and he said, you're going to be my first man. <laughs> and he said, first best man. man. He said, first man, you. you know. And um, and then uh, and then one of his brothers said, well, who's going to be your second man? And he, and he just goes quiet. He's like thinking about it, right? And I said, probably whoever's, whichever one of you is nicest to him, you know, over the next several years, you know. And he said, Probably Emmett, <laughs> his cousin Emmett, about the same age, and they're like best buds. At every family outing, I've never heard them ever fight or argue. It's amazing. They're just like, it's one of the, it's, it is a such a special friendship. And we like, everybody in the family's like, oh Lord, please protect them because this is the best, you know? Yeah. And, um, Everybody got a big laugh out of that. It's like, neither one of you, neither one of you nachos, it's going to be Emmett, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, we had a great time celebrating 18 years. I mean, we were just so, so tired. You know what's wild is um, Ken Spiceland, my mm-hmm. stepfather-in-law that passed away, his birthday is the same day as our anniversary. Oh, I didn't know that. So every year, you know, if 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 he or I remembered, we would text each other. You know, he'd text me, happy anniversary, and I'd respond, you know, happy birthday, you know. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, I couldn't go... Uh, as you say, pivot back, pivot back to Ken. I knew Ken fairly well. I, I guess I don't know anybody extremely well, maybe, but Ken and I spent multiple hours doing many things at church uh, a few years ago. But uh, I listened to both Cal, that's Rachel's uncle, Cal Hampton. He spoke, um, and I, we listened to you. We were headed out of town, so 
we listened online. Got to love technology. Sometimes it's an excuse not to be somewhere where you should be, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it was good that we were able to be two places at once. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's what you read, what, what Kathy wrote, or what you said, but one of the things that really was so impressive is such a condescending word. What what struck me so so hard was that Ken will get up absurdly early in the yeah. morning. What time did he? 4 a.m. 4 a.m. I know some of yeah. you are like, oh, that's, early. that's late. But he would get up not to conquer the day. Yeah, yeah. But he would get up, get in his big chair, and he would read and pray and read and pray and read and pray and read and pray. Read the Bible, that is. Yeah. And it was just so humbling because I knew Ken. I knew Ken in a church settings. I knew Ken in professional settings, uh, in personal settings. And I was just so taken back that someone, man or woman, would carve out the most important part of the day of spending time with God, reading and praying and reading and praying and reading and praying. I just want to want to say that, not as a tribute of anything, but yeah. it really just struck me great. Yes, yes. I mean, I think he would look back on it and say not a minute was wasted yeah. as he rose early to meet with the Lord and... It was a great tribute, you know. He impacted a lot of people, and some. I'm sad. I'm gonna miss him. Uh, I'm really sad for my mother in law, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, but it, you know, what's wild, and I'm really encouraged by this, Jonathan. My my mother in law, Kathy's mom, Beth. Mm-hmm. She's in her 80s, but she's been a widow for 30 years, and I I never really got to know her husband, Frank. But she has flourished as a godly woman for 30 years. And I'm, I'm really hopeful for Kathy having had that model for her mm-hmm. to see her mom flourishing, you know, all this time. It's like, you know, I think it's like, well, of course I go on. Well, of course I keep going. Well, of course I serve my church and you know, all those things. And so I'm really thankful for, for we call her grand or great grand. I'm really thankful for her model for Kathy and then Kathy just retired after working at the same place for 42 years. Can you imagine? Isn't that amazing? It's like that generation is like, we are not worthy. You know, 42 years, same place. And, um, but after retirement, like she's gotten into pickleball and started hanging out with some old friends. And so I think she's going to do really well in this terrible loss. Um, and one of the graces in the midst of tragedy is the way people just reach out and love you and you know you're reminded in the midst of your grief how many people love you you know it's like like 900 people came by that that thursday night you know and then you guys came through and there were several hundred that came through on friday you know so um well i'm we're susan and i are still both recovering you know because it's just a the shock i was the first one to the hospital last monday and his accident actually, it actually uh, uh, messed up traffic all over town, you know. So I got there 15 minutes before Kathy did because she was stuck in traffic caused by the accident of her, you know. So it's just like that was Monday, you know, and then it was like, okay, then it's like how do you begin to process the shock and then the grief and then all of that. But God is good, and um, we've sensed his presence, his comfort, his love, and, you know, one of the things I prayed for the family is that God would open up the family's hearts so that we could feel his love through the love of so many people. And I think we experienced that. His uh, mercies are new every morning. That's so right. if you're struggling today. That's right. That's right. That was just a great little talk and testimony, however you want to call it, about just a just a travesty uh, of what occurred and how it occurred. But God is good. And he has our good in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, brother, you want to hit uh, the sermon a little bit? Well, we can. You, you know, I'm a curious cat over here, and I got a hundred questions about Chattanooga. But you know, oh, ask me. Where'd you eat? Uh, we ate uh, three different places. We 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 try to go quote unquote to a fancy dinner with the kids, trying nice. to teach them. Yes, yeah, you know, fancy stuff. So there's a restaurant. Class. I'm so glad you do that because I still show up at tables and I'm whispering to Susan which fork. <laughs> Can uh, you believe that? It's pretty easy about. nowadays. But St. John's restaurant was probably our favorite. St. John's. It's, it's a kind of. It's not fancy, but it's American. Fancy. Oh yeah, yeah. It's American. Yeah, it's American. Probably French Southern fusion. Did you eat a good steak, lobster. Would you? Eat? 
Uh, what did I? Gosh, I don't. Fettuccine? No, I don't remember what we ate. I think we ate a bunch of apps and split stuff. Yeah, nice. Golly, Pete, oh, it's that's so funny that I can't remember what I ate. Yeah, it's like a good sermon, JV. <laughs> what did like a good say? sermon. It feeds you in the moment. Oh, good. I ate it, but I don't remember what I ate. Uh, but no, it was. All uh, right, so you guys went to St. John's. Yeah. Did you do any fancy like little brunch places or breakfast places or coffee shops? We ate at the hotel. That's the kids there. But Rachel and I always find a little coffee shop. Yeah. We found a place called Sleepyhead Coffee. Was it any good? It was super great. I've not heard of Sleepyhead. Sleepyhead Coffee, two guys, together guys, and... You know, uh, I mean, I, and I scout out the coffee shops pretty intensely. I've not heard of Sleepyhead. Sleepyhead, make their own little gluten-free donuts. Uh, cool. Incredible. Yeah, it's in a little, like an old building right there in the front. Sleepyhead What's your coffee. kiddos think? Did they have a good time? Oh, yeah, yeah. They love now probably one night too long but it's it was good no, your kiddos love spending time with you guys yeah you know it's it's what a blessing it's fun to be in the same hotel room for three nights but it was it was fun this was, time. It, was that sarcasm well sometimes it's been sarcastic yeah <laughs> but this time not so much they're they're getting older yeah, three getting, nine, no no I'm, I'm with you when you're when you're accustomed to being in your own bedroom <laughs> yeah being in a room for everybody with your kids. for everybody oh, yeah, yeah. it was a little difficult but uh it was uh it was fun it just rained and we missed out on Rock Rained City. Rained out your plans. Hey, you got to go back. Oh, got to go back. Got to go back. Hidden back. How's Rachie? She's good. 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 She praying Carline. She. Did I don't you, know if she prayed you, Friday or not. I, I don't. I do Monday Wednesday duty. Yeah. So I missed yesterday's, right. and so I got tomorrow. So we will pray out loud in Carline. Uh, but uh, I'm sure they prayed this morning. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Hey, let's. Uh, we got a little. Talk about Pastor Tim's sermon a little bit, so we'll be right back and jump right in. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday in real life. We believe God has put you in the neighborhood and in the job and at the ballpark or at the gym, right where he wants you to influence and invite others into his story, into a relationship with him. So here's today's challenge. Text a friend right now. Stop what you're doing. Send them a message and invite them to join you at Real Life this Sunday. Who knows? Maybe it'll be their first step into a relationship with God. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday at Real Life. So text that friend today. All right, JV, we're back. So Pastor Timmy, like when when Ken died earlier last week, he messaged me. He said, hey, let me know if you need me to preach. And I was like, no, I got it. And then... You know, and then like the layers of everything, you know, and and so I shot up a flare. I don't know Wednesday night, you know, during the Shabbat, right at the end of Shabbat. Uh, so, oh, was that yeah, uh, yeah? Were you with him? Yeah. Was he over there? Yeah, we just for start starting our nice. meal. Yeah. yeah. So then I shot up a flare and was uh, said, "Hey, that offers. I'd really love for you to preach. I I love Timmy's preaching. I love Timmy's preaching. Um." So when, when Susan and I got married, we lived in New Brunswick, New Jersey, right up there where Timmy lived. He probably lived in North Brunswick or somewhere, you know, popping around up there. But it's just like 15 minutes from Princeton University, like the Princeton. And Princeton is so charming. It's so charming. Um, and you just feel a little smarter driving around Princeton. <laughs> you know, all you got to do is like drive around town and you feel like you leave with your IQ a little higher, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, Susan and I would drive down and have a little date nights at Small World Coffee in Princeton. Anyways, so Timmy, for the past 17 years, he's been preparing and preaching sermons 15 minutes from Princeton University. He's got philosophy professors in his church at from Rutgers University, you know. So his context demanded that he preach on a very highly intellectual level. And you can see that in his sermons with us because it's like, you know, it's like every sermon has some quote from Harvard, a professor at Harvard or something like that, you know. And I was telling somebody the other day, I said, after Timmy preached four weeks in a row at Real Life, our whole congregation's IQ went up 30 points, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's so thoughtful and he does what you and I talked about. You'll remember this. Timmy does what, what you and I talked about that I learned on the retreat with John Tyson really, really well. Um of this uh this cultural um what it, like diet di, what what do we call it uh you know when you take a little sample and you put it under the microscope what's that called uh biopsy yes yes okay. he does like a little cultural biopsy i think that's what we called it I don't remember. yeah and um 
you know, where you you don't go on a long, long, big, robust, you know, talk on some cultural idea, but you take a little biopsy, just a tiny little cultural biopsy on so, of something. Um, Timmy does a really good job of that, you know, in weaving that in, into a sermon. So, um, well, I don't know who you've been talking about. If you've been talking about Tim Tim or Associate Pastor Newsbomber, that's exactly that's, who oh, I'm that's who about. you're talking about. Uh, so yeah, so it's so funny. So we were there Wednesday evening. You texted him. He's like, "I'm preaching on Sunday." I said, "That's good." So Rachel um, is really good at like Twitter and stuff. So she Piper Desiring God, John Piper Desiring God. Rachel's on Twitter. Mm. Is that what you said? Your wife? Yeah. yeah. Does she tweet? Mm. She just. She just yeah, she reads tweets. Yes, right. But Desiring God put some meme up about prayer. It was really, really incredible. So, c- clarifying, mm-hmm. Desiring God doesn't put memes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what a okay. meme is. Yeah. Okay, it was words. Like a, pic- a picture. Okay, they that's would, what a meme a, is? A picture with a scripture. No, 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 no. A meme is not a picture. <laughs> I thought a meme was a picture. No, a meme is like a... Okay, I don't know what it was. Did I say a bad word just now? No. Okay, good. No, 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 no. Okay, it, was, it wasn't scripture. It was a saying. It was a sentence yeah. <laughs> that said something about prayer. I can bring it up. It doesn't really make it's that big good. of a difference. They posted something. It posted wasn't a meme, something. apparently. <laughs> It was a saying in words. So anyway, uh, what was I saying again? About oh, Rachel. Oh, so Rachel's Rachel like, read. it was about prayer. Yeah. And so it came from John Piper, who yes. you highly respect. Oh, yes. I guess Timmy does. I don't know. Sure. So I said, Rachel, screenshot it. Send it to me. Because I couldn't find that in a million years. So he, she screenshotted it to me. And I sent that. I said, just send it. And I said, here you go or something. Thinking it would give him some fodder. Maybe right. For, yeah. He said, that's great. Could you send me the whole sermon? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That was a joke for plagiarism. So no, he didn't. So he came up with his own oh, that's Psalm funny. sixteen. Psalm sixteen, and I think it's so. Uh, I always use the word funny on here. It wasn't funny. I think it was interesting that the source of his text wasn't really meant for the be the substance of his text. It was an example of what you started a series three weeks ago or so on pray out loud at home every day. And so I think he was trying to use, we talked, Timmy and I, excuse me, Tim, Tim and I talked last week about sometimes you just don't know what to pray. And so you and your team, Freddie, came up with this laminated card of acts, adoration, confession, Thanksgiving, supplication, and then like, as I said, like 72 things you could say under each one of them. Yeah. And <laughs> and so we talked, as we started that last week, we, we, we talked about, how reading back or reading aloud scripture as a prayer is just great. It's it's yeah. it's a wonderful thing. God loves to hear what He has given yeah. in His love letter to us, yeah. and so we we went through that. So I think he piggybacked on that when he went all in on Psalm sixteen as an example yeah. of how we yeah. when we don't know what to pray yeah. or we feel uncomfortable praying out loud yeah. in our, with our family. That you can pick a psalm out. In this case, he picked up example of Psalm 16 and how you could pray it out. But what was so great about it, he turned it into a substantive sermon also. You, we talked about this just very briefly before we started, and that's a lot about verse verse 5, where it says, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup, and you hold my lot. Now, I was sitting in a hotel room while I was pouring down rain outside with the family there. Rachel and I were sitting on the bed with one AirPod each in our ear listening to the sermon at the 8.30 service. So I, I don't know that I remember everything he said, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I do remember him dwelling on this portion of being your his portion, and he used the cups. You remember the cups, what he did? Oh, yeah, that was that was kind of my favorite part. It, remind me what he's remind me on the cups. Well, so a thought that came to me when you were waxing and waning so eloquently <laughs> about the Psalms. Uh, is when I was in college, I was introduced to this concept of if you don't know where to read in the Bible, read a, a, a proverb a day and a psalm a day. Correct. And the proverbs, because there's 31 proverbs, it's, it's going to get you through the month. And then the psalms, if you just keep going through the psalms, the psalms are really, really helpful devotionally mm-hmm. to engage in your relationship with the Lord, not just reading about you know what, what has happened or exhortation, but really... That what's so beautiful about the Psalms is that they are prayers. 
connecting, engaging with God. That's right. In a personal way. That's right. As opposed to learning the genealogy of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn. Yeah, all of Scripture is profitable. That's sure. what Paul said, right? Um, and um, But Psalm 16, verse 5, Timmy had a great illustration for it where he had these little real-life mugs, and he had our shortest one, like a medium one, and then that gigantuous, I forget what we call it, the growler. And um, and the growler wasn't up there, and he was showing like the two, you know, the 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 two. But he was, but he was talking about how this psalm says, "The Lord is my chosen portion, and my cup. You hold my lot." And he was just um, illustrating and talking about how it's so easy for us to envy what other people have, and that becomes our portion. You know, we have our portion and then we look to other people's portion. We're like, oh, wow. You know, like, you know, or or that whole comparison of like when you see people with less than what you have, you know. And so he was like explaining like his house, you know, and his new dream home or, you know, and all this. Like, it's like amazing. He loves his house. And then he brought in the growler, which was this much bigger mug. And he's like, this illustrates like when you meet your friend, you know. He said it much better than I'm saying it, but um, no, it was. But yeah, you're making a great point. That's it's because I wasn't see with with YouTube to watch it on YouTube. You can't click. The you side. missed the visualization. Well, which was, I didn't. I had it next oh, okay. to me, but I wasn't. I was watching the rain for some reason, and all of a sudden I, was, I heard him break or whatever. And so I looked down, and there's like this big growl or whatever it was. And yeah. I said, "Rage, this is funny. Yeah. Oh, this is just great." Yeah, because really uh, now he's just put this big sucker up there. I don't it know. It's really like good. a big yes. picture. Yes. So I, I was taken back, and I don't want to belabor. Uh, the teaching series because as I say every week when you're studying one thing it's just everything's about that one thing sure and we've been studying Rachel and I've been studying the Sabbath for a few months now we just finished the Sabbath I've got some questions about that by the way yeah yeah Shabbat so if I hear say the word Shabbat it just means to stop and that's what God did on the seventh day he stopped and in in Exodus 20 we learned that he also rested which is a little different but I thought it was really cool that when he talks about in verse 5 that, let's read it one more time. You just read it. The Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. So this, I think Timmy was was bringing out the point that, that God has given us what we need, and it is enough, which mm-hmm. is, is kind of the basis of what I was trying to take this the Sabbath thing, is that what we have is not, it is enough, and that's that's a, I would call that a pejorative word nowadays in, in English or American uh, words. That pejorative just means it's not as good. It's lessened. It's kind of a bad. It, enough is enough because enough is all we need. It's complete. There's nothing that we could need more. And if there wasn't enough, then we would be lacking in something, which if you look at, I think what Timmy said and what the Sabbath was, when I was sick with COVID in November 2020, I prayed out loud at home every day mm. with 104 degree fever mm. thinking I was going to die. Mm. And I said the 23rd Psalm, I bet you 10, 15 times a day out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> I shall not want. I remember you telling me. I shall me, not want. Oh. I remember you telling me how bad your COVID experience was. And like, before you were able to really tell me about it, you got it, <laughs> and went to the I think hospital. You're kind of laughing about. So I'm really time. sorry, Jonathan. Like, are you okay? It's really whenever just, you just wanna, a sickness. Whenever you want to tell me about your yeah. COVID So I said it over and over and over again, and 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 when you do that, yeah, I'm going to get to a point. I'm not going to stammer here. Uh, hey, I'm getting to a point here. I'm trusting you. When you read Psalm 16 or you read Psalm 23, and you read it, and you read it as a prayer. And you say it, don't just read through it. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. What does that mean as you're saying it? I shall not want. I shall not lack. Listen, I always thought it was, I shall not lack because the Lord's my shepherd. But could it be that I'm enough today? How God has created me enough. And that what he's given me is enough. I'm not lacking in anything. And so as you can read it out loud, and as you say it out loud, as you're meditating, we talked about meditation literature. You say the things over and over. I shall not want. 
I am not lacking. Look what you're doing in three, you're doing the big, what I call some of the big three when we have our relationship sanctification of God. We're reading God's Word, we're praying to Him, and we're meditating. And if you say it enough, if you pick a psalm a week and say it out loud to your family, then you're probably going to memorize a few parts of that. Well, it, what's, what was really interesting in the sermon was Pastor Timmy had a, um, he referenced this book that he had read mm-hmm. about this scientist talking about, um, well, I don't know if he was a scientist, but he was illustrating how science shows that we become like what we meditate on. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, that was beautiful because that's exactly what Paul says in Romans 12. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So biblically, we like we know that, right? That's one of those kind of foundational truths. Like that's how we're transformed and changed is through that meditation and the renewing of our mind. But I love what he did because he took this biblical truth, but he illustrated it how like secular teachers are affirming this biblical truth. And I think it was, you know, I, th- I thought it was effective in the sense that if, the, if there was an unbeliever, at church listening to the sermon. About an unbeliever talking about, put your mind on things above. Right, right. So super effective in you know in tying that together the way he did. Um, yeah. Love Pastor Tim and this message. Yeah, so, good. so so if you listen, go back and listen to the sermon. Uh, it would probably be the podcast right before this one, if you're listening to this one. But yeah, I think it was great. It brought me back to Shabbat. So I, I, I have not a, not a badge of honor on my chest here. But I struggle with prayer. And I was telling Rachel this morning, as we were trying to open our eyes up from the weekend, trying to wake up, I said, you know, it's so funny, there I use that word again, it's so interesting, that the same fundamental problem I have with the Shabbat, with the Sabbath, of resting from work, and is the same fundamental problem that I have with prayer. And that is, I thought it was a waste of time for both. Because if I'm not performing, if I'm not producing, if I'm not working, if I'm not giving my time, my energy, whatever, then I'm not I'm not a valuable person. Where, what would you say were the three primary influencers of that thought in your life? I'm sure parents, parents for sure, indirectly, okay. right? Just the but just the way they interacted with you when i did something good i got praise sure it's, it's like a dog sure jump up in the air i'll give you a treat you yeah. don't you don't get a treat i'm right. jumping up to get a treat every time they didn't do that that wasn't that's not pejorative of my parents they yeah. were trying to praise me for when i did good things sure i think the i think this educational system in low it's it's a okay. graded system obviously okay. for good okay. reasons not a bad reason and uh watching my two older brothers make mistakes that I had the benefit of getting to watch them make mistakes. I, I didn't want to be like them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not that they're bad people either. I yeah. just was the third in line. I got to see what they did right and what they did sure, wrong. Sure. Yeah. So so I think that's the basic fundamental. And if the my Shabbat series, if if you said what was the basic fundamental That's what I want to know actually. It is what was your thesis to that series? Now you know a thesis like is like a few sentences such your mouth. No, 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 I'm serious. I'm serious. This is, it's so powerful. Like a thesis on that, you know, like if you can boil, you told me it's like over five hours of teaching you gave. It is. Yeah. And we've got it recorded and we're going to release it somewhere. So stay tuned podcast listeners. But if you had to boil those five hours of teaching down to four sentences, a paragraph, what was your thesis in the teaching of the Shabbat? The Shabbat, the Sabbath, which means stop. The, the Shabbat brings value to us because it is what God set apart before the fall, before we sinned, while we were working, by the way, in his creation to show us our value in that who created us, why he created us and how created us is enough. And if we trust that story, then we will understand what the Shabbat is. And it's not about not working on Sunday. It's not about sitting back and watching football. It's not about not going to pick out your tomatoes before the squirrels eat them. It's a more, more fundamental issue of that he stopped because it was enough and we were made 
very good. And we were made very good while we were working with him, Karulian reigning, before we ever sinned, before sin entered the world. We were still told to Shabbat and rest and work with him. And that, Freddie, is where our value is. And we see that in prayer, that if we don't Shabbat, I'm not, you, you pick it. We're not going to go over, should I take off Sunday? Should I, 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 that's something you'll have to work out in your own head. I say you should Shabbat all day long every day. No different than you should pray, pray incessantly. You should Shabbat. Stop. And you should stop. You should stop what you're doing to think, oh, look what I'm doing. We talked about this a little bit last week on the podcast. When you don't stop and pray or when you don't Shabbat, when you don't stop from your quote-unquote production, your income, your benefit, then what you're doing, you're stealing the provision from God and trying to show that your value <laughs> is your creation and not his generous, merciful, gracious grace. And so that bam. is the basis of Shabbat. But it's Let's also the show basis that last sentence because I'll never be able to say it. Daniel Cox, <laughs> can you play that back again? Uh, that is the same thing for prayer to me now. Yeah, That's the fundamental issue. If I don't stop and pray, you said forgetfulness is one of the issues two sure. weeks ago. Yeah, And Timmy mentioned that last week. But it's not so much forgetfulness, Freddie. It, it's, it's a fundamental. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. I don't need to pray. Well, that was the week before. I don't need to pray. You know what that was? Yeah. Go ahead and remind so, me. No, you say it. What's in your heart when you say, I don't need to pray? Pride. That's it. Yeah, because I want to control everything. I don't need God. I've got this. And if you say that, that's a fundamental problem. Yeah. That's a blind spot sure. that needs to be fixed. Because when you don't want to stop, when you don't want to stop and you don't want to pray, even when you don't know what to, fix some, pray. Because what God is saying to you is that he is worthy for who he is. That's adoration. There's nothing that can be added to God to make him better and nothing else he can do to make him more valuable for who he is. You know, God. You know, when... When someone that didn't grow up in church finds Christ, they don't always have a language to articulate it. And those of us that grew up in church, they're like, "Oh, we're, we're like, oh, you're not saying it right," you know, like you know all that. But it's 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 often refreshing to hear someone that didn't grow up in church articulating their newfound faith. I feel like that's the way it is for me. Listening to you talk about the Shabbat is like. There's this amazing treasure that you've discovered that you could just talk about for days. That's the way it ought to be, right? Like when we, it's like when we turn a corner and we see a new aspect of the Lord and His beauty, right? The Lord and His majesty, the Lord and His perfections, the way He designed life. It just the only right response is worship, right? And as you're talking about all these things, it's just worship. You're just expressing this great worship to God for the glo- His glory being demonstrated in what He's teaching you in the Shabbat. Timmy preached on the Sabbath in July, um, and, and he, he started with a good idea of, or the, the concept that, would, especially he said in New Jersey, in that area, there's a culture of exhaustion. And I think that's how I walked into this two years ago with an interest, and then a year ago, came more interested, and then six months ago really started plowing into it. But, you know, it's so funny that, I said funny again, gosh, it's so interesting <laughs> that <laughs> the, the symptom is what we're always trying to cure. And the culture of exhaustion is merely the symptom of a bigger heart posture problem. That's good. That we say we're too busy, or we say we don't rest enough, or we say I'm just exhausted all the time. Yeah. It's because we're trying to do something that we were not created That's in good. a manner to do. That's good. We work because God's commanded us to work. We work because He's working, and yeah. He wants to work, and we're working with what He's doing. Yeah. But it's not our work. It's yeah. His work. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I think like just a caveat. You know, I think there's these divine tensions, right? Because... It's is one of our favorite uh, preacher pastors talked about. Is it's like he's like, go go to bed exhausted. Yep. Right. Go to bed exhausted. Absolutely. And one of the things for me is pride is manifested in my life sometimes by me not wanting to be exhausted at the end of the day. You know. So there's the so, so you use there's a lot of ways to look at life and kind of dissect it. Right. So you've got the culture of exhaustion. Yep. But then you've got pride that sometimes you self-protect yourself from exhaustion, right? Mm-hmm. 
And that's like an, an attempt to control. I don't want to be spent and entrust myself to my God, right? I want to maintain some of my strength. And, um, you know, and then, and then you've got the reality of the curse of the fall, right? All of work is cursed by frustration. So you can rest all day long, you know, like you can, you can stop and Shabbat and you can do all that. And yet when you return to your work, it's still cursed. And that's why we need Christ to come again. Right. So Christ, so, so there's a sense in which the Shabbat is a shadow. The Shabbat is a, is a pointing to this eternal rest that Christ has purchased for us, but that he has not fully yet applied to our life because salvation is not complete. Right. We're justified, we're saved, we have the gift of Shabbat, but it points us to a, an eternal Shabbat. You just quoted scripture, by the way. He actually, Paul says that. Beautiful. Therefore, do not let someone pass judgment on you mm. if you don't celebrate the new moons mm-hmm. or the new harvest or the feast, that's the Moedim and Leviticus, or the Shabbatun, the Sabbath. Those are merely a shadow of things are yet to come. Now, does it mean that we don't? So this was the funny thing. I'm going to get to a point. You've made a great distinction, and sometimes I can't soundbite this because it's so hard. That's right. But uh, so we spent, you know, hours going through this sometimes seeming like drudgery of this Old Testament stuff. And I get to the end of week six, and I now can't remember. I think it's Colossians that I just quoted that you mentioned. And I said, you know, after all this stuff we learned, what really what Paul says, it doesn't really make a difference anymore. I'm glad you learned it all, but it's all done. And they said, really? It's like, no, 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 no. The elements, actually, Timmy asked, the elements are still there. Someone said, Jonathan, after you study the Sabbath, what what do you do different? And my answer is, I, I asked you that. I, maybe that was you then. Yeah. I, I know somebody asked me in the thing. Maybe you did. I asked you on the podcast. I would already say this. I don't do anything different. Say it again. I, I don't do anything different. Yeah. I don't work less. I don't focus hard on what I do. I no, I don't try not to be my best. I don't try to do well. <laughs> I don't try not to work as into God. Yeah, I hope not. I just try to motivate motivate myself differently while I'm working. Oh, love it. Because when you yeah, maybe we was on podcast. Yeah, love it. Is that when you do yeah. what you always have been doing, assuming you're working and not sitting downstairs in the dark basement watching TV. <laughs> But if you're working hard and you're like, I'm just exhausted, he doesn't understand the bills I have to pay. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I do. You still work. You still work hard. Yeah. But God is there, yeah. and he wants you to recognize what you're getting and what you're doing is only a grace and mercy for you. Yeah, him. so one of the greatest questions you can ask yourself is why. Why are you doing this? And then refuse to accept your first answer. And ask why again. And refuse to accept your second answer and ask why again. And continue to ask why until you get to the very bottom of what's what's driving you. What's the impulse? What's the motivation? And, um, you know, the beauty, part of the beauty of the Christian life is that our, uh, maybe better said, part of the complexity of our Christian life is that our motives are usually wrapped tightly together like a rope. And you just pray, search my heart, O oh Lord. You know, purify my heart, purify my motives. JV, this is so good. Uh, uh, let me let me just, what you just said. I'll be done with this. No, so it's good, at man. The end what of do you the, got? At the teaching series, what I ended with was this: the thing that I grew up with was orthodoxy. You heard this word orthodoxy? It's kind of a scary word, almost, but it just means right truth. You understand what the actual truth of what how God created things, and then we get this orthopraxis where. We practice what we do. This is what you just said a couple, three weeks ago. What do you, you, you got to pray. You can't just talk about wanting to pray. You need to actually pray. That's the hardest thing we do is to practice what we now know to do. But there's that last element, which is orthocardia, which Timmy helped me develop in my mind. And that is you have to have the right motivation. So if you do all three of those things, orthodoxy, mm-hmm. read God's word, meditate on it. Yeah. Orthopraxy, like you said, do what it says, but you got to do, and you got to know and learn with the right why. Why am I learning? Why am I doing? Is it to check a box? Is it because I'm that great? Am I trying to control and how everybody looks at me, or am I truly doing it because, well, God's just my creator, and I'm just humble before Him? Yeah, it's so good, man. So good. Hey, thanks for digging into Pastor Tim's sermon and 
letting us get a little glimpse of Shabbat and podcast listeners. We, we hope to, in the coming weeks, um, edit Jonathan's teaching series on the Shabbat and make that available to folks. So just stay tuned. Not exactly sure when we'll get that out to you, but it'll be good. Maybe, maybe at Christmas, maybe it'll be a little Christmas gift for spring for our podcast listeners. Um, anyways, JV, let's come back and just close it out in just a second. Yep. You know what I hear from time to time as a pastor? Pastor, I don't feel connected. And that breaks my heart when people say that because community groups are where people can feel connected. And usually folks have not signed up for a community group. They've not made it a priority to connect with people. And then they feel isolated and unknown. You don't have to experience that. Sign up for a community group today. They start the week of September 18th. Community groups are where strangers become friends and friends become family. Find your people today. Become part of the family. Take that step and text MISSION to 97000 to see what groups are still available. They're filling up quick. Over 270 real lifers have already taken that step to sign up for a community group. I'm praying for you. You can do it. Sign up for a community group today. And we are back, JV. I just have a few exciting things that I want our podcast listeners to know about that's coming up at Real Life. This Sunday, Matt Papa, P-A-P-A. P-A-P-A. Matt Papa is leading worship. Now, most folks may not know Matt Papa, but they know of his music because we've sung his music in worship. Uh, The song, His Mercy is More. Uh, That's a real popular song that we've sung. Um, The My Sins Are Many. His mercy is more. Um, so Matt wrote that song along with a host of other songs. He's in Nashville this week leading at, at what's called the Sing, S-I-N-G, Sing Conference, where folks like John Piper and Mark Dever and great theologians and pastors are leading and great musicians. The Gettys uh, are leading worship. Shane and Shane are at this conference. Anyways, Matt Papa's there leading worship. He's going to be with us Sunday morning. I'm so fired up. Exciting. You can check out the show notes for a link, a Spotify link to his most recent album called Almost Home. We'll actually be singing that song next Sunday, Almost Home. Uh, So go and listen to it. Get familiar with it so you can sing it with all your heart. Um, Our whole family loves that song, Almost Home. It's it's so good. So Matt Papa's leading worship. It's going to be a a real special treat having him there. Uh, We have coming up at at the end of the month, September 28th, See you at the pole. Uh, did you ever do see you at the pole growing up? I uh, when I was teaching uh, at Clarksville Academy, I we did see you at the pole. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So see you at the pole is a nationwide um, emphasis movement event where students and teachers gather around the flagpole to pray, to pray for God's work on their campus, to pray for God's work in our community. See you at the poll is coming up September 28th, so Wednesday. So if you have a student, you want to get them dialed into that reality to find out what time are they meeting and and to be there. Uh, it's a great witness because lots of folks say, what were you doing? Help Pray me. out loud. There you go. September 28th. At the poll. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, that night here, we're having a community-wide student worship event evangelistic in tone, uh, but it's going to be at the Dunn Center, 6 o'clock, Dunn Center, Austin Peay State University. And uh, they're calling it Clarksville United. Our church is going. Um, uh, let let Pastor Tim know if you need details, uh, it's coming. The last thing I want folks to know, and this is super exciting, um, is we have the opportunity to uh, work the concession stand as real life at the Clarksville High football games, and we have three opportunities to do that. Um, the reason this is so exciting is thousands of people come to the game, and we get to, in a hospitable way, serve them. We get to put our signs out. We get to pass out invite cards as we're passing them a hot dog. We get to be in real-life gear. And um, every time we do this, new people find real life. You know, Jonathan, if you go right now this morning – to the cashier at Walmart, and you ask her, hey, do you know where Real Life Church meets? She's probably going to say, real what? We, we just take for granted 
that our community knows that we're even here. And they don't. They don't. Uh, so, so this opportunity is awesome to let our community know we're here. There's a God that loves you. We love you. We're here to serve you, to show you that. Um, and so every time we've done this in the past, new folks find us and they're like, oh, I found you at the concession, you know. Um, so you can email Daniel. Daniel. The way it sounds and spells. The the only way we spell Daniel. Not Danielle, but Daniel at reallifesango.com. And he can plug you into one of our three nights or all three of our nights. If you don't have a real life shirt, we'll give you a real life shirt. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast right here uh, at Clarksville High School. In and and I've, I've worked the concession stand back in the day uh, when I was in high school, and it's just a lot of fun. It is fun, and you get to know the people you work with. So That's right. The other opportunity. That's is right. You get to meet real life people. You get to meet other real life people in a in a fun situation, having a lot of yep. Hot dog fun. So Matt Papa's leading worship this Sunday. Matt you got see at the poll coming up at the end of the month. And then this Friday night, this Friday night is our first time serving the concession stand. But then we have one more in September and one more in October. So join us. Jump in. And as you just heard, I think on the last break, community groups, we've got 270 plus Come already on. signed up. Come on. Uh, just we say it every every week, and I'll say it again. If you do not sign up, it's just a part of real life, a part of what God's doing in and through real life that you will miss out on. Yeah. And it's just it, the only way to do it is just make the step and, and, and sign up. I tell people all the time that if you, if you need a group in a different location or a different night of the week than we have them, let us know. We'll find somebody else that wants to huddle up and start a group with you. Um, and Jonathan, you weren't at our training, so you didn't get to hear me brag on you. Oh my um, gosh, that made me feel no, doubly, doubly bad. No, you had a previous commitment. <laughs> I did. You let your yes be yes, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all good. Um, so uh, the vision of our church, the vision of our church is to be a flourishing people in a multiplying movement. And your community group multiplied into four, into four groups. I love it. I mean, like you and I prayed and talked and prayed and talked and prayed and talked and, prayed and like all the while, the Lord is like using your leadership to build these people up so that they're ready to step out and lead themselves. Um, so I'm not just saying this because you're on the podcast. What happened in your community group is one of the biggest wins that's happened in the life of our church all year long. It, it's our vision. And, you know, we got a group right now. We got a group right now with 18 people signed up. And they twisted Timmy's arm, and they said, "No, we got to do, we got to do." It. And he was supposed to. Every, everyone was supposed to be capped at twelve, and we're going to have to go to that group and say, "You guys, we, we have a group that only has two two signed up. You have eighteen. This is not. We don't need to do it like this. We we don't. You know, we don't want we don't want your facilitator having to care for eighteen people. We need to trim this down. Look at what Jonathan's group did. And they, I'll tell they them multiplied. That, and I like with TJ and and John both. TJ, Lisa. And, John and Keisha, they now are going to see and feel the great opportunity oh, yeah. to lean into where God has already stepped. I know I over-spiritualize everything. That's what I always say. But listen, this is this is so true. Those guys weren't even in a community group a year ago at Real Life. They were not. They literally just stepped in and showed up and probably didn't talk a lot at first. And then before you know it, yeah, man. they're jumping up and down to go facilitate. Yeah, man. So well done. Well done. I'm excited to see who in your community group this year spawns off, multiplies, and starts a new community group next year. My goal, every one of them, but we'll see. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. JV, I love you, man. Love you. Keep it real, brother. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.